Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. I want to invite you today, grab your Bibles, meet me in the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Let's start today in verse 17. We're going to talk about the acid test of divine leading. Woo! Glory to God. Get out your test tubes, and we're going to do some testing today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your spirit would come, your spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ, that this would be revealed to us, Father, your word, in a bright and illuminated way. Thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit, who is working right now to conform us into the mature image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we give you all the praise. We thank you from the very depths of our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all agree and say, Amen. Woo, glory to God. Now, of course, the expression acid test is a figurative, symbolic type expression. And it means to prove, to prove whether something is good or bad or up to snuff or is as it is supposed to be. So we're going to take divine leading or what is said to be divine leading, and we're going to put it through the acid test so that we can have proof of what is genuine or perhaps what could be not really authentic, what could be maybe the wires got crossed, what could be uh, even, even another voice that could be speaking. We're going to talk about that today. I think it's very important that you have a core understanding of the character and nature of God that is always God's, it is always God's intent to lead you upward. You go from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith. He's never trying to lead, lead you downward into a pit. He's always trying to lead you up and over in victory. Praise God. So every time that we are tied into divine guidance, um, my friends, that just means you're on your way to the place of victory and triumph that God has designed for you to stand in and to enjoy. Praise the Lord. So having said that, we're now going to jump into these various acid tests. It's not just one acid test. It's plural test because although I made the title singular, really uh, we have some subheadings that we need to look at. But I tell you, there are uh, so many voices out there that would speak, that would vie for our attention. And we have to be very careful that we only follow the guidance of the Lord. Praise God. So having said that, and I know for certain that you would like to experience the leading or the guidance of God concerning his plan and will for your life, then let's look at some of these acid, acid test proofs, these undeniable evidences when ran through the laboratory of God that we can walk away with the certainty that we are either perhaps off course or right in the center of God's will, or uh, maybe there needs to be some adjustments and the coordinations need to be corrected, and we can cover that as well. God's ready to help us out. We're in Proverbs chapter 3. Let's begin today with verse 17. It says, Her ways are ways of 
pleasantness. Now, these are the ways of wisdom, but the ways of wisdom are uh, tied into the ways of God. In other words, there there are no ways of God that are foolish or, or, you know, nonsensical. Uh, The ways of God are the ways of wisdom. So we're looking at here that the ways, her ways, are ways of pleasantness. Woo, praise God. Now, this is very important. You need to understand that when the Lord leads, and we're, we're going to work with an asset test right now, he is determined to lead you into pleasantness. Again, the scripture, her, her ways are ways of pleasantness. These are the ways of wisdom, uh, wisdom being personified as a female here with the, with the usage of the word her, but these are the ways of wisdom. These are God's ways. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. Now, the word pleasant in the Hebrew is the word noam, and it means agreeable, it means delightful, and it means bright and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. So think about now the acid test. We're pouring uh, the chemicals into the test tube. We're swirling things around. We want proofs of what works, okay? That's the whole thing about science is that you should be able to verify it, a scientific fact is something that you should be able to replicate over and over, getting the same results. That's what we're endeavoring to do right now. And so divine leading can be tested against this reality that when God leads, he leads into pleasantness. So all of God's ways, think of it like this, all of God's leadings, all of God's methods of guidance are pleasant, agreeable, delightful, bright, and beautiful. Mm -mm. Well, you know by that alone that the Lord's not trying to lead you down into the pit. (laughs) You You know by that alone that God is trying to lead you in a good way, in a good direction, praise God, because God's ways are pleasant. You, therefore, have the ability to live a tension free life. I I feel happy just saying that. A tension-free life. I've met believers in the church that are so stressed out, they have gone to the doctor, and they don't really know what the problem is. And you know what the doctor has diagnosed with several individuals that I've known personally? Stress. And they think it's maybe a muscle part or maybe something like that. The doctor says it's because you're completely stressed out. Now, you can see the stress on them, but sometimes when they're in it, they can become so uh, tense that uh, they fail to realize God doesn't want you living your life like this. This is not good for your health. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Praise the Lord. So God's ways are pleasant. Therefore, you have the ability to live a tension-free life free from stress and strain. You know, I have a wonderful friend. We've been uh, friends for quite a few years now, a Catholic priest. Uh, He lives in France. He's much older than I am. And we have wonderful conversations in the Lord about the Lord and the things of God. And one day he said to me, he said, Pastor Stephen, he said, I don't see how you're able to do so much and stay so relaxed. 
you're you're doing all this television, you're doing these other things, you're doing this, that, and the other, and you're you're writing books, and all this stuff is always going on. And how was it that you're doing this, but you're just relaxed? I said, well, I said, my friend, I said, the ways of God are pleasant. And that pleasantness or that sweetness means that I don't have to get all tensed out, all uh, messed up, tangled up, and, uh, uh, you know, all, uh, I don't have to do that. Um, there is a, a, a pleasantness that's literally supernatural. Mm-hmm. And he agreed. He could see that. And we both know, of course, and you do too, that that is something that's coming from the Lord. But any time you are endeavoring to pick up the guidance of the Lord to go a certain path, watch out. If there is tension and there's apprehension and it's, it is getting tighter and tighter, it very well could be that you're trying to go in a direction that God does not want you to go. Okay? Praise the Lord. So we're working with the acid test of pleasantness. Praise God. Is it pleasant? Thank you, Jesus. Now, it is true, I would have to say that I don't know the life that some know. I meet many people. I had a delivery driver today drop something off at the house, and he he kind of had that uh, what what those in the world call the daily grind, where uh, life is not pleasant. Life is a grind, and you have to get through it. There's a really good coffee shop in Southern California called the Daily Grind. <laughs> But they're grinding coffee. They're not trying to grind out life. (laughs) You shouldn't have to grind out your life. You shouldn't have to wake up every morning, as I heard a preacher once say, and go out and earn another lousy buck. Wow. that's That's a bad attitude. Something There's a chip on the shoulder of some type of frustration against God. And the uh, delivery driver today was, um, uh, he was, you know, I got along with him just fine. And he actually delivered the package quite well, but he was just, um, he was not happy. He uh, wasn't happy about his life, wasn't happy about all kinds of things. And I just tried to cheer him up. I tried to drop a few little nuggets in there about the Lord. And, uh, but you know, God wants us to have a path of pleasantness. Praise God. That is in the scriptures. Okay, so when you're trying to verify the right direction to go, note that if there is uh, all this tension uh, coupled with apprehension, uneasiness, then most likely the voice or the guidance that you're endeavoring to pick up on is not the voice of God, but be, be aware of this. It could be the voice of the stranger. Now, as you grow in the Lord you will realize that there is the authentic voice of God, but there is another voice that can come. And sometimes it can, it can seem uh, like it's wisdom, but Scripture says there's a way that seems right unto man, but it leads to death. Uh, there can be like this uh, voice that would come that would be a voice uh, of the world system or even literally the voice of the devil. I have had... The devil come to me once. One time it happened when I was ministering in India. And I had uh, I'd gotten there, of course, a couple of weeks earlier. And I'd done all these television programs 
uh, about eight TV programs a day. And so I was just recording them, eight a day, eight a day. And I was, I was getting depleted because I was doing so much ministry in the studio. But then after the end of all of those recordings, there was a very large meeting that I had to speak in. Now, the previous year, I had gone to that same meeting, and we had, we had a, I would just say, tremendous, powerful move of the Holy Spirit, all kinds of miracles and stuff like that. But this time, when I showed up, uh, the enemy and uh, his, for, his forces were ready to fully resist. They did not want that to happen again. And not only that, I had been ministering and pouring out so much that week that when I got there, uh, I was physically exhausted. I was prayed up. Uh, I had spent the whole day with the Lord getting prepared, but I was physically exhausted. And uh, it's like that night when I went to minister, it's like there was a wet blanket thrown on the whole congregation. And so I stood up in the uh, platform, the podium, the minister, you know, and so uh, after the praise and worship, they called me up. And as I'm standing there talking and greeting the people, Satan came up to the pulpit. Now he's invisible. He's a spirit. He came up to the pulpit and said to me, you are not going to do good tonight. You're wearing my color. And I was wearing a black safari. Everybody thought it looked really sharp. I did too. <laughs> it was custom made just for me. Uh, but he was, he was messing with me in every single way. And uh, you'll stop to think about it. The devil went all the way to India just to harass me. Well, he's not doing it to me just to because of, of who I am. He's doing it because of the threat against his kingdom. And he knew what happened last time. And uh, I just, uh, I, I heard the voice. It was, uh, and remember, the devil, uh, he is the fallen cherub. And when he appears, it's not like he's this fictional character that has these red horns and a pitchfork and a, you know, a, a, you know, a tail sticking out or something like that. Uh, when I seen him and also when he came there in South India, he came like a distinguished prince, calm, not, not all worked up, you know, not, not like I'm cursing you, nothing like he calm, just calm, real, real, real cool, but cold because he's, he's dead. And, uh, that he, he spoke it to me in that type of a voice. You're not going to do good tonight. You're wearing my color. And uh, not even so much like a threat, but just like I'm in control tonight. So I had to dig really, really deep. And, uh, uh, and finally, we did get a breakthrough. And the Holy Spirit did begin to move. And things started happening. And uh, after I'd prayed over every single person, a couple thousand people, I was, I was at that point more depleted than I'd ever been in my life, even with all of the running and track and field I'd done earlier in my life and stuff like that. I had never known a level of exhaustion like that ever before. And much to my complete surprise, maybe even my dismay, uh, the pastor stood up after all of that and said, this is so wonderful. I'm going to have Pastor Stephen come back up and we're going to have him just pray over everybody again. And I almost, I almost fell out. Uh, I, I walked back up there, uh, just totally wiped out, and I tried to get it going again. And I was so depleted, <laughs> and I realized it. I just took the microphone and I handed it to another minister, a, fellow, a great man of God, uh, Prophet Sadhu Silveraj. He was sitting there, 
And uh, I just handed him the microphone. I, I sat down. He <laughs> kind of like just threw the whole thing in his lap. <laughs> and he was certainly ever able to uh, uh, minister. Uh, that, remember, be ready in season and out of season. Of course, somebody like Sadu, he's ready to go uh, day or night or anything like that. But my goodness, there's these voices. There's these voices. And uh, when it, particularly it comes to guidance, you have got to discern the voice of God from all of this other, all of these other wavelengths that are out there, even voices, even ones that could even appear audible. I told you about the time uh, in my, when I've shared my testimony about when all I had left was $4. I was homeless. I was in a destitute position. I was hungry. And through that whole tormenting ordeal, I'd saved $4, four $1 bills. I never spent them uh, because I figured I could at least go to McDonald's and have one final meal. <laughs> you know, before I, you know, whatever happened to me, a diet or whatever could take place, at least I would ha- have a full stomach at least for a few days. All right, so I'd saved them. But sitting in that little meeting, uh, with the evangelist ministering, and he was going to, take, and he took up an offering for medical, so he can get medical supplies and take it to South America. Well, sitting in that meeting in Texas, uh, with the offering basket coming around, I heard the voice of an angel speak to me on this side of my shoulder, right behind my shoulder. He said, "Take the four dollars and give it in the offering basket that's coming. Give the four dollars, and immediately." Immediately, another voice spoke over on this side of my shoulder. It literally reminded me of the Tom and Jerry cartoon, uh, you know, those old uh, animated cartoons where you have Tom the cat, and he's trying to be good, uh, and he doesn't want to hurt Jerry the little mouse, and he's got the, he's got the angel and the devil telling him, you know, do this, do this, and uh, there's a battle going on. Uh, uh, unfortunately, sometimes uh, Tom obeyed uh, the bad guy. <laughs> We're trying to get the mouse. Well, anyhow... That literally is what was taking place with me and the, this evil spirit, this demon that was th- that, you see, the devil doesn't know everything that God has planned for you, but he can see an aura or a light that would denote calling and destiny. And his purpose is to destroy it before you ever get up and get going. And of course, he doesn't stop until our time is done. But I tell you what, this voice on the other side, the dark side, immediately spoke and said, don't give that. You'll starve if you do. And I sat there for about three seconds, caught in between this, this tug of war going on on both sides. And, I, and then the Holy Spirit came down and I saw it as clear as day. I said, you dirty devil. I said, I'm already starving. And I just took the $4 and, and right then, it's when the basket showed up and I just threw it in there, lest I think any more about it <laughs> than the basket passed on. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. And of course, God did a miracle beginning. Started to happen the next day, the next week, a major miracle broke loose and God pulled me up out of the pit. So these things of knowing the, the voice and the guidance of the Lord, we're going to have to get real sharp on this because there are other voices There could even be voices of relatives or friends that may be sincere as they speak with their voice and their guidance can be sincerely wrong. It can be completely wrong. Yet they think they are speaking on behalf of the Lord. You're going to have to learn the voice of God and the true and authentic 
guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's why you're going to need some asset testing equipment. Mm-mm. So that first one, the first test is the test of pleasantness. Is it pleasant? Again, her ways are ways of pleasantness. Pleasant, agreeable, delightful, bright, and beautiful. Mm. So think about that. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's move on to number two. Number two is also found in the same scripture. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all, not some, not 80%, all and all her paths are peace. Mm. This one is a heavy one right here. All of her paths are peace. All God-given guidance is characterized by his peace that follows. Divine guidance and peace I would call them best friends. I want to say it again. Divine guidance and peace are best friends. They go together. They hang out together. Mm -mm. So if peace is absent, we really need to re-examine what we think could be guidance, but could be a wrong voice. Peace will always, not just sometimes, but always accompany a leading that is from God because he always speaks peace to his people. Mm, Wow. Let's take a look at that in scripture. That would be Psalm 85. Psalm 85. Let's drop down to verse 8. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not, let them not turn back to folly. Mm, Wow. So what does the Lord speak? He will speak peace to his people and his saints. Now, there are, as I've said earlier, often multiple voices that are vying for our attention. So there is a way to determine which voice is genuine and which voice would be counterfeit. The Bible says that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every truth shall be established. And of course, Paul spoke that in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, but he's quoting from the book of Deuteronomy, which would be chapter 19, verse 15, that you need two or three witnesses to establish every truth. By the way, Jesus quoted more from the book of Deuteronomy than any other book. You're going to need to learn Torah. You need to get into scriptures because it gives you a solid foundation of of justice, of what God views as being right, what he views as being wrong. And it it will cause your understanding of grace to be balanced, and it will cause you to have a great working knowledge of the will and the ways of God. Praise the Lord. All right, so uh, God gave multiple witnesses to his people concerning his divine guidance and leading. So we know there needs to be peace. Let's dig into this even further by going to the prophet Isaiah chapter 48. Now, one of these scriptures we've studied in detail, but the scripture that comes right after that one, oh, we can't ignore it. Let's jump over to Isaiah 48 verse 17. Isaiah 48, verse 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, 
the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit. Fascinating verse. We've examined that before. A very, very uh, potent verse. I am the Lord your God who teaches you the prophet who leads you. Again, we're talking about being led by God. We're talking about divine guidance who leads you by the way you should go. There is a way that you should go. There is the general way, which is in conformity with God's word, but there is the specialized way that is tailor-made just for you. And you need to know what that way is. Who leads you by the way you should go. Now, verse 18. A lot of people get all excited about verse 17, and rightfully so, but we have to balance it with verse 18. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river. Your peace would have been like a river. So verse 18 reveals that God's leading brings us into a realm of peace similar to that of a river. In other words, the river is symbolic of ever-flowing, constant peace. Wow, praise God. So the way is, uh, that he leads is synonymous with peace like a river. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. And perhaps the most famous chapter, maybe the second most famous chapter in the Bible. Uh, we're going to go now to Psalm 23. And uh, one of the most well-known psalms in the Bible and one of the mo most well-known chapters in the Bible. Psalm 23, verse 2. And let's start in verse 1. It's so good. Verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me. Divine guidance. Divine guidance. He leads me where? Beside what kind of waters? Steel waters. That is symbolic of peace. He leads you beside still waters. And this peace also, as we saw in Isaiah, is like a river that is a perpetual, constant flow. Praise the Lord. So that's how he leads us. So think of it like this. We're doing another acid test. If you feel apprehension or something's upsetting you, then know that the enemy could be trying to crash your destiny because peace is not in the equation. Because mm -mm. everything about divine leading is associated with peace. Peace like a river. And here, the divine leading, he leads me where? Beside the still waters. Not into absolute chaos where there's no way to be grounded or centralized or have any ability to change it. Mm -mm. So God wants you to have peace. By the way, this is why when you're endeavoring to discern the path that God has for you, you need to get quiet because that's associated with, with divine leading. It's, it's so often unveiled in quiet, calm places. Lay down on the grass next to a very tranquil stream going by, like David is referring to here, with maybe some sheep bleeding off in the distance. I'm not saying you could actually recre uh, recreate this natural environment, but you can see the type of atmosphere that's calm, non-stressful, so that you can 
discern the leading of God in an environment that is peaceful like that. Oh, praise God. So create that environment, and while you're in it, ask God questions. David would ask God all kinds of questions. Lord, should I, should I go up against the Philistines? The Lord would say, yes. Uh, Lord, how should I do it? Take them straight on and move when you hear the angels at the top of the trees. Okay, Lord, got you on that. Uh, Lord, we beat the Philistines really good. Thank you for your advice and your counsel. Uh, Lord, they're trying to fight me again. Lord, how should we do it this time? Uh, do you want to do it different? God says, yes. This time's going to be different. Foom, come around from behind them. Mm-mm. And he inquired of the Lord. Pastor Stephen, I guess that David, he was a military genius. Uh, no, God's the genius. David's just following his instructions, and that makes David look good. <laughs> What does divine guidance do? It takes you to your throne. That's all God wants to do. He wants to enthrone you in your calling so that you can glorify him and exalt Christ through your life experience. Mm, mm, mm. What about Moses? Moses would inquire of the Lord, not, not only after he had received divine insight and guidance, concerning the path that God had for him as a deliverer. But Moses was very wise. Moses would be like, um, <clears throat> okay, Lord, uh, I've got it. Okay, so you're going to work through me to deliver your people. God's like, yes. And Moses is like, okay, uh, Lord, I have some more questions. And that's what you need to do. You need to get down to the nitty-gritty with God, and you need to bring it all out, and you need to say, God, what do you think about this? Or what, what am I supposed to do about this? And Moses is like, uh, Lord, uh, by the way, you know I'm not a very good talker. And he's like, hey, I could really, you know, I really don't want to do the speaking. And God's like, okay, got another mouth for you. That's covered. What else you need? Well, Lord, you know, I, I don't want to really, you know, have this whole thing fall apart in his eyes because Pharaoh, you know, he's, uh, Lord, I'm going to have to absolutely have signs and wonders and miracles. God's like, boom, got it, got it covered. Anything else on your list? <laughs> but can you see he's asking, 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 and you're going to need that clarity because it's not just uh, having a generalized understanding of the direction that you need to go, you're going to, you're going to have to dig deeper into that. Why? Because all kinds of voices will be saying, oh, do it like this, do it like that, do it this way, do it that way. Oh, we did it this way. And, you know, and on and on it goes. And there could be wisdom in the way others have done it. But, but uh, concerning how God wants you to do it when he's working with you, well, it could be completely different. Or it could have some similarities. You'll never know until you get quiet in a peaceful place and do what? Ask him all of these. We could even call them the the little questions. Remember, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines with these areas that we don't attend to. Mm, mm, mm. Praise God. All right. Let me say this. Um, I've met quite a few Christians over the years who in in their exuberance, their, their, their zeal even for the Lord, they have followed what I would call self-fabricated leadings, a self-fabricated form of guidance. Why? Because they want to go to that direction. So uh, they, they can create reasons and all kinds of justifications for why they're wanting to go that way. And um, I've seen some of them, even with the complete absence of peace and all kinds of tension and stress, still just blast forward like a, like a tank. And uh, this, this is very serious um, uh, behavior here that we have to be very wise and move forward with absolute assurance of knowing 
praise God. So that's what happens sometimes where uh, Christians, uh, they start getting knowledge, and but they still need more, and they start moving too fast. Um, kind of a funny scenario, but the same way in martial arts, the most dangerous ones are the ones white belt. Uh, then you get past your white belt, you get your yellow belt and your orange belt, and uh, right around that area, you know the the, the macho thing starts. You wanting to kick in? I can I can fight anybody. No, you don't. You, you don't even know what you're doing. Okay, <laughs> you need, need at least two years. <laughs> I did martial arts for 14 years. I fought in the uh, the karate world championship in Las Vegas. Made it to the quarterfinals. And uh, you know, survived. Didn't didn't uh, get any teeth knocked out. Didn't get knocked unconscious or anything like that. Uh, did okay in my weight class and so forth. Uh, but my my friends, um, you you're going to have to dig past elementary levels and pray. Put your time in. Put your waiting in. Ask your questions in a see. You cannot ask questions in an anxious environment. God does not answer prayers that are anxious prayers. Well, I don't have time, Pastor Stephen. I just got to throw this stuff up and hope something comes back down. Nothing's coming down except maybe some fake voices, some counterfeit voices because they know you're vulnerable. Can't rush this stuff. Develop your walk with the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so this is why it's vital that we know the right answers before moving forward. Because if you're going the wrong direction and you're even self-fabricating supposed wisdom, I've heard from God. Brother, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. How dare you ask me? You know, and, uh, and so they're, they're blasting on. There's, there's some awful consequences to that. Uh, the first one would be found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Let's jump over there. <laughs> Some of you are going to get, you're going to be maybe a little apprehensive. I don't want you to ever be fearful about what God has called you to do, but I would, and I, and I don't want you to miss the move or something like that, that God would have or the opportunity, but I do want uh, any aspect of, uh, of, of foolishness, any aspect of uh, spiritual arrogance, or any aspect of selfish ambition to be crucified. Praise the Lord. All right. We're in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God. It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. This is extremely important. What God does lead us into, the things that he does lead us into, requires his involvement. If he does not lead, but you still go, he is not involved. Therefore, what you're trying to do can never be fulfilled or accomplished. Wow, that's a mouthful. I'm going to say it one more time. What God does lead us into requires, it's not an option, it requires his involvement. You can't do it without him. Again, It is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So if he's not in it, he's not not commissioned it, then that energy that comes from God, it's not there. And, And you're now trying to execute something that's beyond your ability to do. 
What God does lead us into requires his involvement. If he does not lead, if he's not guiding, but you still go anyhow, he is not involved. Therefore, it cannot be accomplished and fulfilled because it's him working through us, but he's not going to work through you in something that he is uh, not authorized. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now we see it also. Here's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Psalm 127. Let's jump over there. Psalm 127 verse 1. Verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord builds the house. Now God's not going to come down with a hammer and, you know, a uh, sawzall and, uh, you know, pull out his black and decker toolbox and say, men, I'm here to help you build this house. G God works through people, but God energizes you and gives you wisdom and gives you understanding and gives you favor and gives you peace and gives you all of these things that you need to get it done for him because it's his work. But unless the Lord builds the house, unless he authorizes it, unless it's his will, they labor in vain who build it. Well, Pastor Stephen, we're going to build it anyhow. Oh, you're going to be like Nimrod and build your own Babylon, huh? Nimrod's the founder of uh, Babylon. Not, not a nice guy. When it says in the Bible that he was a great hunter, um, you have to understand the word usage. We kind of lose it in the English. But the rabbis taught that what that means, that expression, he was a great hunter before God, that means he was a man who was against God and he was hunting souls. That's the whole system of Babylon. Babylon is hunting souls to pull them into a system of chaos, a world of darkness without God. That was the kind of city, that was the type of atmosphere that he was endeavoring to create. So you're going, you, you're going to need, need the Lord to build the house that he has for you. And you could build something in the energy of the flesh, but you'll get no reward from it from the Lord because he cannot honor or reward that which he would consider to be disobedience. Praise God. Mm -mm. So don't go building just anything that you receive because you believe you have guidance. Wait and prove it out first. Run your various acid tests to make sure it is meeting these requirements. Praise God that it would be pleasant and very, very important that it would be peaceful. Hallelujah. And we see in the book of Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 6, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Let this be a word to you, okay? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. If you think you can get your assignment, your calling, your specific uh, thing done that God has placed upon your heart to do without him, you're fooling yourself. So that's why you need to trust in the Lord's power, but that power is released in that area that God has placed you in. You have to run in your lane. If you get out of your lane in the Olympics and track and field, you get out of your lane on the relays, you're disqualified. It doesn't matter if you're faster than everybody else. You're, you're already out. <laughs> you have to stay in your lane. So it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, 
says the Lord of hosts, oh, yes, you run. Oh, yes, you work. Yes, you build. But you're going to need the Spirit of God to empower you to get it done and everything else that, that only God could do, the miracles and uh, favor and all of that other good stuff, okay? And let's take a look at another scripture that keeps the, the emphasis strong on trusting the Lord. And that would be over here in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 9. For by strength no man shall prevail. Pastor Stephen, I see the plan. I see the path. I see the guidance. I'm on the move. Uh, do you have all the details? Uh, you, you could be going in the right direction, but uh, you're going to have to refine this a little bit more. <laughs> Pastor Steve, I don't, I'm, I'm just going to start. I'm going to run. Uh, before you run or before you build the house or whatever it might be, you know, get all these things ironed out. Ask the questions like Moses. Ask the questions like David. And then you develop a reputation for not losing. You're winning, winning, winning. David was winning, winning, winning all the time. Why? He's asking questions. He's inquiring of the Lord. And he's getting peaceful answers. Mm. Praise the Lord, because he needs God's help. Philistines, they're not a pushover. It's big, strong men over there, giants over there. He, he needed the Lord. Praise God. And how about the whopper one? John, this would be in the Gospel of John, John chapter 15. Verse 5, Jesus said, For without me, you can do nothing. Think about that. Jesus said, Without me, you can do nothing. And he's not going to do things that, he, that he's not going to get into your life and start working and doing things when what you're doing is not that area that God has guided in, you into. You have to get into the area of God's guidance. Praise the Lord. Mm. And then when you get into it, he'll help you. He'll help you. He's with you. Praise God. Get dialed in. Woo, praise the Lord. Get the spiritual GPS dialed in. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. When there is peace in our hearts, there will be triumph in our pursuits. I want to say it again. When there is peace in our hearts, there will be triumph in our pursuits. Why? Because the pursuits are vectoring with the guidance of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Now, we can also identify and be sure that the Lord is the one leading us by the joy of the Lord that accompanies his leadings. I like this one a lot. I know you will too. Uh, Psalm 89, please. Let's turn over there. Psalm 89, verse 15. Blessed are the people who know, who know the joyful sound. Mm. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The voice of the Lord is a joyful, joyful sound. His guidance sinks with joy. Mm. Praise God. A few days back, Pastor Kelly and I had something uh, open up for us that was a great blessing. And we knew the Lord was in it. We had prayed uh, and the timing was right. Everything was right. Uh, the person who helped 
uh, it was a, a lady, a Christian lady, who helped us uh, to fulfill it and finalize it, uh, was there. And just laughter, laughter began to break out. And it was just, it was so joyful. And God was so in it that it's, it's almost like the trees were about to start clapping their branches. <laughs> it's like the mountains were smiling. We're in the foothills of the mountains here. It just, it's like all of nature, of creation was witnessing God is in this 100%. And it made my wife and I so happy. Glory to God. I get so happy just thinking about it right now. I was actually dancing earlier. <laughs> God, hallelujah, enjoy. Dancing in joy for what the Lord has done. My friends, if there's no joy, watch out. Pastor Steve, I'm, I'm moving on with this, but there's no joy. Ooh, watch out. Watch out. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound, the sound, the voice of guidance will have joy in it when it's the Lord's guidance. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm. So we prove which voice we are hearing and following with these various acid tests from these uh, wonderful scriptures. Thank you, Lord. Watch out, my friends. I, I just feel the warning. Watch out for the stranger's voice. We do need to look at this. John chapter 10. Let's go over there just for a moment. John 10 verse 2. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out, verse 4. And he brings them out, uh, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the strangers. Now here's the thing about the voice of strangers. It's a wrong voice, but the sheep, they don't follow it, but they still hear it. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't live in a, a room with padded walls and never come out. Uh, there, there's these voices, and voices speak. And you cannot say, well, I, I'm not even going to listen. Well, sometimes you can't help but hear it, and it could be a wrong voice, but we always want to stay away from the voice of a stranger. Thank you, Lord. We prove which voice we are hearing and following. Thank you, Lord. So as we operate in the Lord's laboratory, take out our test tubes and do these various acid tests concerning the Lord's guidance, we see that guidance will include the path of pleasantness, the path of peace, the path of joy, and ah, we need to add one more. The path of guidance of the Lord must also always be scriptural. Mm. Oh, the devil, he's so tricky. He's so tricky. Let's, let's look at this one, uh, the asset test of scripture. By going to Psalm 12, 
We're going to go to Psalm 12, praise the Lord. And I want us to look at verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified, purified seven times. This is what I would like to say, that it's okay to test guidance. It's okay to test the Word. How? With the Scriptures. You want to line that up with the Word of God, because you need to understand that the devil knows Scripture. Uh, I believe he knows the entire Bible. Now, he's, a, he's an outlaw rebel spirit who is spiritually dead, confined to uh, facing the reality that he will spend his eternity in the lake of fire that burns with fire and brimstone, which is why you don't want to go there if you're not born again. You don't want to go there because he's going to be there roasting in the fire, all the demons, all the evil spirits, all the wicked, rebellious people that never received Christ. You don't want to go there. It's bad company. Not only a, 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 a pain, pain beyond comprehension from this natural perspective. So you want to live for the Lord and get on the right path. Praise God. So we can test, we can test guidance. And the, the devil can, he can give scriptures and even make statements uh, in order to try to confuse people. Sometimes he will actually quote the scripture right, but he's quoting it out of context. Other times he will take a scripture and he will quote it, but he'll, he'll leave a word out or he'll twist it or pervert it. And if you don't know the word and you don't get in there and verify the word, then he can pull a fast one over on you. He could, he could literally uh, take your life out prematurely. And he's done that to ministers by distorting scripture and by speaking, and they would not verify it against the word. And the devil would say something like, it is the will of God. Now, they don't know it's the devil. It's, it's just a voice. It is the will of God that you die in five years. You know, some, something like that. And uh, uh, so uh, uh, a preacher that's not grounded in the word will think, oh, I, I heard a voice from, I heard a supernatural voice. It must be God. Yeah, I, I always thought I'd die young. Mm, yeah. No, no. No, no. We're going to run everything through the Word of God. Now, think about this. If the Word of God can be scrutinized, see, the words of the Lord are pure words like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. If the Word can be scrutinized like purified silver, then, uh, then certainly any form of guidance that we would receive can be scrutinized as well. Praise God. I mean... Uh, you talk about scrutiny of the word. I remember one time hearing Kenneth Hagin teach on uh, probably uh, the scripture that he was most known for, Mark chapter 11, verse 23. And I listened to that man for over one hour, take that verse and just open it up. And, you know, he, he's digging into each word and to the statements of Jesus that I said, Lord, I, well, when I first caught that revelation, what we would call the word of faith revelation, I said, Lord, I have never seen your word reverenced in such a way where a man takes it and then examines it with such scrutiny that he's literally leaning his entire life and belief system on 
every saying that's in the Bible, particularly these sayings of faith, which was his area of uh, specialty and, and study. And guess what? That level of scrutiny of the word, it's not like the word says, don't look. It's not like scripture says, don't study me too much because you're going to realize we have errors. No, you realize the entire word of God is pure and that it can be scrutinized to a T and it comes out flawless, just like silver it comes out. It comes out shining, perfect. And so I do believe that true guidance from the Lord, yes, we, we can verify it against scripture because the devil, he likes to try to particularly work on people's egos, especially uh, young believers or sometimes young ministers. And it's not uncommon that a young minister will come uh, uh, maybe to a seasoned minister and say something like, I, I heard a voice. Well, now, uh, my spiritual son, what did the voice say? The, the voice told me that I'm going to have a great ministry. Oh, that's good. What else did the voice say? The voice said that my ministry will be greater than John, uh, the apostle, and greater than Peter, the apostle, and greater than Paul, the apostle, greater than all three of them combined. Now, you can see how that is nothing but a trap of the devil to set somebody up and puff them up with pride so then they can have a collapse and failure and just quit the whole thing and walk away. And that's why those of us that are grounded in the Word, um, yes, we can give a balanced, uh, how can I say, interpretation from Scripture. Hallelujah. Because Scripture balances Scripture. Well, I, I'm standing on this verse, Pastor Stephen. Yes, but there's other verses too. We have, to, we have to interpret that verse in the light of these verses so that we have the right context and we, we don't go out and do something crazy. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm -hmm. So I think for some of you, for not all of you, of course, but for some of you, there needs to be more inquiring of the Lord to more precisely filter out the guidance of the path that God has for you. I think you're picking up on something good. I think you're picking up on something that is uh, on the heavenly radar, but you're going to have to you're going to have to flesh this out more or else you could go in literally maybe 15 different directions and there's only one that you're actually supposed to go in. Mm -hmm. Well, Pastor Steve, what if I don't know? Then just find out. Uh, wait at the, in the tranquil, peaceful place and find out. And the Lord will speak. You know, the Lord is a great conversationalist. The Lord does talk. <laughs> I was going to call uh, a minister when was this? Two nights ago. And I said, well, Lord, since I'm going to call him, um, haven't spoken to him in a while, Lord, it would be good to have a word from you. Uh, that way I could give him something that would just be a blessing to his heart. And I sat there for about uh, four minutes. It's, it took, uh, and I'd already been in prayer for some time, but I'd been sitting there for about four minutes since I asked the Lord that, and then it just floated up in my spirit. The Lord says, this is the word for him. This is his core assignment right now. And I called him, had a little fellowship. We caught up. I said, by the way, I said, I asked the Lord for a word for you. And this is what the Lord said right now is on your radar. And this is the core assignment of what God has you to focus on right now. And he said, well, Stephen, he said, that's exactly what we're doing right now. Uh, our whole staff is working all out to accomplish this. And this is the big push that we're doing right now. So my friends, God talks. 
You, you, can't, you can't say, well, God, he's not showing me. No, he'll show you. <laughs> but you can't be anxious. You have to be calm and relaxed and, uh, you know, walking with the Lord. And he'll talk to you. He'll show you these details that you need. So, my friends, concerning divine guidance, apply these, at, uh, excuse me, Asset tests, because in scientific uh, realms, you know, they're, they're going to do these various tests. Why? They want to know absolute truth. And so that's what we're doing. We're endeavoring to qualify and authenticate the true voice and not go in a wrong uh, route or uh, end up going down some rabbit trail, okay, or something like that. All right. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we are examining your scripture concerning the asset test of divine guidance. And Father, we just thank you that I know for your people as they're listening, there's been a few of these points, maybe not all of them, but perhaps one that really stands out and they think that's the one I need to really lean on right now. So Father, we just thank you for proper alignment and uh, clarity because you're positioning your people in a very specific time uh, to get them positioned and in the right place for what it is that you have for them so they will be most effective and so that they will be enthroned in their calling to bring you glory. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you for divine guidance. We celebrate your leading and we celebrate your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be thinking, uh, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you may be thinking, wow, it would really be nice to have a guide <laughs> uh, and, and to know God's plan for my life. You're only one prayer away from that. If you would like to get your life right with God right now, then fully surrender your heart to Him by praying this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, save me from my sins. I give my whole life to you. Jesus, wash my sins away with your precious blood and write my name in your book of life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. Jesus, I take you as my Lord and Savior. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Woo! Welcome to the family of God. Mm -mm. Now, let's take Holy Communion together. I would like to invite you to grab some unleavened bread. I use these little wafers. You can get these online, Amazon or wherever, Christian bookstores. And if you don't have one of these, you could use a cracker. That'd be just fine. And uh, grab some grape juice. Praise the Lord. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bless the bread, the juice. We consecrate it and set it apart as holy through this prayer. And we thank you, Father God, this is the flesh and blood of Jesus. And so, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you that we know we can't do anything without him. If he's not in it, we're, we're stranded and left to our own ability and limitness. And, Lord, we just we need you. So we thank you for divine guidance as we receive the flesh of Christ to be clarity and knowing the path that you have for us. We thank you, O God. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask that if we've committed any sins, done anything wrong, thought anything wrong, or bad attitude, or whatever it might be, big, big or small, or this or that, Father, we ask that you would forgive us, wash us with the precious blood of Jesus, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We forgive, Father, anyone who has sinned against us. We forgive them completely. We bless them, and we move on with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. and We thank you, Father, that we're going to spend all eternity with you in heaven, enjoying you and, and, and the next phase of our lives, whatever that would be, whatever plan that would be. Father, we thank you. We know it's not just sitting on a cloud playing a harp. <laughs> Although maybe every now and then it might be. But Father, we thank you. There's all kinds of other wonderful things. But right now, we thank you for the earthly plan that you have for our lives. We receive your wisdom and your blessing and your guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Glory. 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 Glory to God. Let us lift our hands to the Lord. Lord, we give you praise and glory and honor. We thank you for revelation concerning the path. We thank you, Father God, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ is flowing right now concerning the path, the way that you have for us. We thank you, Father God, that this guidance is like a river of perpetual peace flowing into our lives. And Father, we just would ask that there would ever be disruptive forces that are because we have gotten away from that guidance that you would help us to get centered as quickly as possible. We give you praise. Thank you for keeping us in the center of your will. And, and Father, we thank you that uh, obviously we have to continue to walk by faith because this is an ongoing journey that unveils as we continue to take one step forward. But Father, we thank you for the primary path uh, the primary commissioning and assignment, knowing those basic things, and then working out these other areas as we progress along. So, Father, we lean on you, we trust you, and we thank you for unfolding guidance. We give you all of the praise that you care so much about us that you've made the path to be so good. We thank you. Now, Father, let us please you as we execute actions and plans and so forth. May it be pleasing to you because we've caught your heart and we've, we've seen the route that we should go. And we celebrate you and we praise you. Thank you, Father. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. My friends, thank you for watching. I'll let you get back to the laboratory to uh, carry out your acid test, acid test, that is. And I look forward to seeing you back next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.